Welcome back to another episode of House to House. It is your boy, Kyler. Across me, as always, the guy who picked a pack of pickled peppers and Dog Ock's favorite guy. Hello, Peter. (laughs) 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 Okay, now you can't use the recorded version anymore. (laughs) It's all wrong. Can we just can we just use your voice nah, instead? Nah. It's, it's 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 golden, bro. Okay, it's golden. I, I'll have to listen in the recording how it turns out, and then I'll think about it because I have no idea how it sounds like. <laughs> it was actually quite a point, though. And of course, the big bad boss, David Bay. Hi, hi. Hello, I miss your wolf howl, man. <laughs> I miss your wolf howl, Bay. Next next week. La. Next week, ah, uh, okay, okay, next week. I don't uh, mind doing it in the office, eh, but I don't want to do it at home. Then my Oh I your you scared I, your kids get riled up and everything. No, no, no. I scared my helper thing I met. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Alright, listeners, in this episode we'll be talking about how HDB decides where to BTO. Now, some of you may be thinking, wait, 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 Kyler. Can predict me where HDB decides, you know, where to put their BTOs in? Well, we're about to find out today, aren't we? So, before we go into the where to house, let's talk about the house to house first, yeah? As in, how are we going to test this theory out today? So basically, what we'll be using today is data that is drawn from the island-wide region demographic. So basically, what that means is that picture, you know, picture the map of Singapore in your head, you know, where it's divided into all the small areas from Jurong West all the way to Changi. And SingStats have actually collected data as to which area is the oldest, which area has the most residents, which area has the youngest. So we'll be using data for that. Also, we'll be using the SingStat housing percentage. And basically what they have is which area has how many HDBs, which areas has how many condos, and which areas has how many landed properties. So yeah, all the data we'll be using is from there today. So before we start, I think let's just give a very brief overview of what a BTO really is and what the purpose of it is. I think, you know, a famous man once said is the purpose of housing in Singapore is to put a roof over everyone's head, right? Like they, you often quote that from Mr. Lee Kuan Yew himself. Um, and that's true because we all know that Singapore is quite small. There is really no space for landed properties everywhere. And what basically the BTO is, is that it's an equal housing opportunity for everyone. But of course, this talk about, um, you know, HDBs and why other countries can have landed properties is an often talked about topic here in Singapore. But that's also not to say that we don't have landed properties in Singapore. No, I mean, of course we do. Like, and, and we're not even talking about Sentosa Cove. Like, mm. you know, you can have landed property terrace houses that uh, all all, yeah, all, all over the island. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think most Singaporeans generally know which areas have you know more HDBs and which areas have more landed properties. You know, all the numbered yeah. avenues from one to six. You know, these kind of examples. So, I think the first question of the day I want to ask y'all is: Is the government trying to build more BTOs in areas where there are less HDBs? Wow. Mm. <laughs> I think that if you look at it, it's normally where the government many, many years ago has already determined as a central business district that there are no HDBs. That means those, 
I mean, if you think about, if you were having a country yourself and you had to do planning and you have to take into account trade, location, aesthetics, right? And that's a tourist area, the working area. You, you yourself wouldn't put HDBs there. Mm. However, saying that there are no HDBs in the CBD area is also wrong because, again, many years ago, before the CBD expanded, I mean, there's literally HDB at Tanjung Paga, right? There's mm. also HDB at um, Brass Basa. There was a HDB at Rocho Road. These are all the fringe of the CBD slash now it's a CBD, lah, but last time was the fringe. Ma. So Tanjong Paga mm-hmm. is unique because it's literally the fringe. Lah. It's still the end of Tanjong Paga. Then the HGBs are there, right? Um, so taking into account, CBD is still for working people. So last time they planned the HGBs around the area, quite logical, but it's still outside of the CBD. Uh, today, you talk about Orchard all the way to Shangri-La, all the way to the whole Bukit Timah stretch, all the way to when the road name changes to Upper Bukit Timah, there is zero HDB. So I'm talking about, uh, let me put it in perspective, Newton MRT at Ken Hill, all the way you take Bukit Timah Road, all the way to, uh, the HDBs only start after Bukit Timah Plaza. Or is that Bukit Timah Shopping Centre? Sorry. Mm. Beauty World. Yeah. Okay, easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that whole stretch, that was a really pre-planned, I think even before Lee Kuan Yew's time, that, that, was, that was the dragon's vein. Uh, I think some Chinese people say it is the commerce. It is other than the port, right? That was the road that led to Malaysia. Yeah, that was like the most expensive road. Uh. It's the central road of Singapore before CTE. <laughs> yeah, mm. so so that was that's probably the reason why that whole stretch has no HGBs. I, I don't know the history that well. It's not easy to research this kind of history, but this is from what I hear over many years of talking to some developers, they share some info with me, talking to some uncle-auntie. I mean, a lot of this information is probably in my head from some comfort taxi uncle. Yeah, years. from all your taxi drivers, I was about to say. <laughs> Those yeah. late-night taxi rides where the uncles spew out information that you hey, don't boy, know. Hey, uh, boy, you know uh, why this area no HDB, you know? Uh, all the knowledge come out already. Encyclopedia of Because uh, they history. take care of their own people. Oh, no, that, that's their... Yeah. That's the opinion, <laughs> but the the, not, the 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 facts are there. But the opinion is like, yeah, don't share on on podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, I think I think Dragon's Vein is actually quite a apt term for it. You know, it's like um, it's all the way to Orchard if you think about it. Yeah, it's like the untouched area. You know, it's it's like the jugular where it holds the most important assets in that uh, in that stretch kind of thing. And I think like. Other SIM students will also know when if they take bus, we'll pa- because to go to get to school, we have to pass that stretch whenever yep. we have class. Oh my goodness, full of landed properties everywhere, like, like zero signs of HDB. You know, it's like mm. when we want a few atas, we take the bus to right past that kind of thing. You know, that, even that's the condos there have limited height because a lot of ministers stay around the area. A lot of where ministers, ministers so you have limited height condominiums because as long as a condo window can see a minister's house. You cannot build that high anymore. Right? Oh. Hyper positions, man. Damn, mm. I, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> oh, that's actually quite interesting. You got that from one of your taxi rides, didn't you? That one we know. La. That's why... Oh. That's why. Um, yeah, that one we know. La. There's, a, there's an area in Leonie area also. There couldn't be very high-rise condos. Uh, that one not from Mr. Tana Hawk driving the Comfort. Oh, that one is, is quite obvious one. Ah, okay. <laughs> I see. Yeah, but I, I don't know, like in terms of um 
let's say like property value wise, right? My understanding is that uh because okay, maybe for listeners who might not know, there are certain areas, there are certain designated areas uh, um in Singapore, I think it was 39 areas where you can build good class bungalows, which is the most atas of the atas of houses uh, that can exist in Singapore. Like, your thought bungalows were the highest? No, 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 no. They are good class bungalows, you know, which really says it in its name itself. Um, I would think that there is almost close to 0% chance that HDBs will be built there, right? Because I don't know if it will lower the value of the plot in that area over there or... You know, how how will that make GCB owners feel as well to know that like you own a massive amount of plot and land under your name and then suddenly beside you there's like a high-rise building. Are, are those the reasons why there probably won't be HDBs there? I think that the land is really zoned. But if you're talking about future development where URA can change the zoning of the land for mm-hmm. that kind, right? It's... It's, I don't think it's to take care of existing homeowners because as we know, our government really DGF when it comes to, you know, if, if it's a need-be thing for Singapore, they really will make it happen to the extent I believe in the government, right? Mm-hmm. Regardless of what party, government, okay? But if you ask me, it doesn't make sense also to take away a luxury area. I mean, it is planning, right? You, you also don't want to mix the richer and the less, less well-to-do yeah, mm. together because you know that the wealth in every country is probably controlled by not 20%, but maybe 10% of the wealth of the, of the highest wealth is controlled by 1%. You know that kind of sentence, right? Mm. I, I don't, yeah. So the rich-poor divide is very obvious if you put the HGB next to the GCB, right? So yeah. why would you do that? <laughs> I mean, they can interact in their work areas, in their factories that's owned by the big boss or in, you know, a lot of other settings. Like if they, if the, the son of the rich man plays basketball with the son of the poor man somewhere else, it, it's okay. And they will be friends. But if you put their big houses to each other versus, and the HGB, it's, it's just weird lah. There might Even, be more social yeah, implications to correct. it. Correct. Yeah, yeah, the social implications. Wow, I think maybe you just erase everything I said. The social implications, <laughs> literally the gist of it, right? Especially in those areas. So if you think about it, Pinnacle, the most expensive HGBs in Singapore, Pinnacle has no landed property nearby. If you want the most expensive properties near Pinnacle would be the shop houses at maybe Everton Road and stuff like that, which are maybe going for 5 mil. Yeah, so, but they are maybe 3,000 square feet in built-in area. So it's, it's pretty decent, but that's the nearest. There's no landed, landed. Chop houses, yes, kind of is landed, but it's not GCB. La. Yeah. But then you see, Tanjong Paga is, is fine because Pinnacle has a status to it. It's a HDB with a status, right? Yeah. Um, it's a named HDB. Okay, but, uh, you know, no, nobody is going to call 6th Avenue a heartland. Mm. The nearest heartland to 6th Avenue would be Gimor. It was the Holland Village side. Holland V, yeah, Holland V side. So Holland V is heartland slash atas heartland. Of course, got HDB, but yeah. <laughs> got, got landed. Very interestingly, I determine Holland V, Oprah Estate, Serangoon Gardens, some areas of Siglap. There are all these pockets of areas where there will be HGBs nearby, but that, that small circle area will be the landed. So it's an atas heartland, you know? Yeah, that, yeah, I, I get what you mean, totally. Yeah. I think you're right also. I, yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned HDBs with a status with the example of the pinnacle, right? At, uh, 
at Tanjong Pagar Tong Bahru. I, I want to use that example. And you mentioned earlier on about the aesthetics of, you know, the dragon's vein and everything, you know. Like, mm. it, it definitely comes into the mix uh, when the government was deciding, okay, how would we want Singapore to look like? Now, do you think it will ever come to a point where, let's say we do need to build HDBs uh, in, the, in the dragon vein, in let's say Orchard or Newton, for example, because the needs have become that dire already. Do you think they'll build normal HDBs or do you think they'll build more HDBs that are leading towards like the pinnacle? Basically, atas HDBs in that sense in towns like Newton and Orchard so they can sort of maintain that aesthetic, that more higher echelon kind of uh, stereotype there is to it. I, I mean, I honestly don't think so. In, in general, not every part of Singapore, no matter how scarce the land is, needs to be residential. Like, like in Orchard, based on, on, on these stats that we are relying on from the Department of Statistics, uh, Orchard only has maybe 920 residents in the entire planning zone, planning area. Mm-hmm. Uh, Newton has about 8,000 people. Uh, it's, it's very, very small. Basically, it's, it's saying, um, yeah, these are obviously not residential areas. These, these will probably never be residential areas. They want to keep it that way, uh, where it's like as limited as possible kind of thing. Uh. Or at least not, not that, public but, housing. But, la. Yeah, to me, it doesn't make sense to make every part of Singapore housing. Mm. You know, there will always be a need to demarcate certain areas as more suitable for housing. Then you can have the amenities that, you know, address those needs of residents. Whereas, uh, yeah, you know, like you can leave these other areas for industry, for, for commerce, for retail, that kind of thing. It doesn't make sense to make every place residential, to have residential options in every yep. place. Right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So basically we've discussed, um, you know, the debate of landed property versus HDBs and whether HDBs uh, eventually will, whether we'll eventually see HDBs in towns like Orchard and Newton and that dragon vein that Bay described. And I think what we conclude is that unlikely, lah, unlikely, right? Because I think as a country, we also have to maintain some, I, I don't know any other better way to put it, but there must be like sort of an aesthetic place. Like, like Singapore doesn't want to be known as the HDB country, you know, where you go into it and all you can see is high-rise uh, apartments. I mean, it's, that, it's interesting that you say that like, because I mean 75% if not more of the population are in HDBs. It's just that because they are, you know, high rise, you know, and they're dense they're densely populated areas. In general, the island doesn't look that scary yet. Like, in, you know? Kudos to whoever's planning it, right? Um Hong Kong is already known as the high rise residential yeah. country, right? Yeah. It, but the way our country has planned it, where there's like a, how much percentage of a company with this kind of density has forestation? It's yep. insane how Singapore has knocked it out of the park there, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're on some reports as it is, as one of the countries that is, has that much um, greenery as well. Mm. It's, it's insane. It's really insane the way that they have. To balance <laughs> everything. Uh. It's, yeah, it's insane. But, you know, I wouldn't say no to a HGB at on the dragon's vein because aesthetically a HGB can look pretty as well but if you do it there will only be one because then that one will be like the pinnacle you know like you, uh... you, it's not impossible but you have to rezone the area la. a lot of landed there are like triple nine years freehold where you find the land all you start ready 
It's not like sometimes in Ishun or Bukit Bato or, or Bishan, you drive around, suddenly there's a plot of land empty. <laughs> then you know the government, you know, government land, do not, do not. They are in the area. Dumping, right? <laughs> yeah, but in that whole Dragon's Vein, bow, don't have. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, but, it, it's, yeah. oh. it's like, it's like Tengah. Like Tengah had, has nothing because it was just a forest. You know, and now they're just going to turn it into an entire HDB town. Easier so, for the government also. Lah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's really a decision-making process. So. I think I think that sums up everything, The this point that we've discussed so far. Yeah, that's all. Okay, anyway, Pinnacle is at Duxton, lah, just to correct all, all our Cantonment Tanjung Paga. <laughs> <laughs> we were just throwing out names over there. It's Cantonment Road. Right? Yeah, it's Cantonment Road. It's Cantonment Road. Yeah, but it's Pinnacle saying, at uh, Duxton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pinnacle at Duxton at Cantonment Road at Tanjong Baga slash Tiong Bahru at Singapore. Oh, it, it's, it's Pinnacle at Duxton Road in, at Cantonment Road in the Tanjong Baga district. In Singapore, yeah. So basically all of us are correct. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, let's move on to the next point now. Um, I mentioned earlier on in the before we talk about the where to house, we have to talk about the how to house. So basically, the resident geographical distribution, right? Um, like what I said, imagine like a Singapore map where it's all divided into little areas. Uh, they have the statistics and the data for like, okay, uh, for example, which area got how many people, these kind of things. Mm. So I just want to... They, they specifically mention uh, in their PDF file, so it should be quite notable. Uh, there are four areas in Singapore that has over 250,000 residents in that area itself. Uh, these four towns are Bedok, Jurong West, Tampanese, and Woodlands. So these towns will probably have the biggest space with the biggest population size in those towns. Uh. These are basically very clear examples of what has been the focus or, uh, for the HDB over the past I don't know, since the start, right? When HDB was introduced, that they recognized that, okay, this place got the most um got the most space, I think, and it's a bit of the outskirts here and there, right? Like Jurong West, Bedok, Tampanis, Woodlands. It's it's sort of at the end of the spectrum when it comes to like the west, north, and east. It's not exactly central, uh, I mean these areas. Mm. So they're like, okay, we can use these areas for housing. And that's exactly what they did, because these four towns have the highest population size in Singapore. So uh, what what do you guys think about that? Do you all agree with how they've been doing things? So, so I mean, perhaps what we can also point out is that half of the 4 million residents in Singapore are concentrated in nine planning areas. Damn. Whereas four of the planning areas have more than 250,000 residents. So, 2 million in nine planning areas with uh, yeah, 250,000 in four of them. So, yeah, just, just putting all these numbers in perspective, it's not to say that Badok is very dense. Although, yeah, I mean, if you want to really think about it, <laughs> it is. Uh, but it's, it's, it's no more dense than, say, Woodlands, uh, sorry, Yishun, uh, Serangoon, Haugang, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Those That's other what... areas that also have like at least 200k, but never hit that 250k. La. But we also don't know exactly. the plot size of yeah. that area, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh... Now let's move on to the next point um, where it's no longer which area has the most residents but which area has the oldest residents. Mm. So um, in this map of geographical distribution, they've actually um, highlighted certain areas that has the highest proportions of residents aged 65 years and over. 
So mm. basically the highest amount of old people. Lah, I mean. Um older. and older, yeah, sorry. Older people. Just to throw out some towns that are that were included in this list. Outram, Sungai Kadut. I don't know where that is. Where is Sungai Kadut? Uh Rocho. Bukit Merah, Angmokyo, Queenstown, Kalang, Topayo, and Clementi. These are the towns that has the highest proportions of residents aged 65 years and over. And I think it's um I think based off first impressions alone, you can sort of get the you can sort of agree, right? Like Amokyo, Queenstown, Kalang, Clementi, these kind of areas, they scream old. Mm. It's like, oh, I mean like how long have these towns been in Singapore, you know? As compared to like Pongo Senkang, where it's like newer towns kind of thing. But I think the question I want to ask is these areas, right, where it has the highest proportions of older residents, do you think they will build HDBs there? Okay, so, so once again, we come back to um, being careful about how we look at statistics and data, right? Okay. So let's, let's look at Sunak Kadot, for, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, it's near Lim Chukang, uh, near Woodlands, that... that North, oh, that cemetery area, is it? That northwestern part. Oh, okay. I see so it's, a, it's, a, it's a big area in terms of the map. But when you actually look at the population numbers, there are only 750 residents in Sungai Kadut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they are all, it's all old landed property and mm. therefore older residents. One in five of those residents are above 65. Right. So the new turf club, so it's understandable that you know, slightly older, slightly more well-to-do people are in that area. But in the grand scheme of things, you cannot rely on the proportion because 25%, 20% of 750 people is really not that big a number in the grand scheme yeah, of things. Yeah, it's so small. So, it's like a kampong yeah. there by itself kind of thing. Yeah. So, so in that sense, it doesn't make sense to say, oh, so therefore HDB needs to, you know, bring some new life to that, to that uh, segment of Singapore you know, like plant more HDBs in that corner simply because the residents there are older. You mm-hmm. can't, you know, rely on the data just on that kind of face value. Right. But of course, with, with the other areas you mentioned, yes, totally agree. Like, you know, like Amokyo, one of the first HDB towns, it's natural that everyone's getting older there. Like, you know. Yeah, and I think like the mention of like Queenstown, Kalang, Topayo, like especially these three towns, like because these three estates have had BTO launches. Um yes. just just within this year itself. Um and in my guides, I always mention that oh, they want to inject some new blood inside because you know it, it's it's not always good to have a town estate where it has a lot of older residents, also, right? Yes and no. I mean, um as as we talked about before, older estates have more established amenities. So, therefore, amenities that cater to a wider range of people. Uh, newer estates will naturally have more amenities that cater to a younger group of people, for example. You like know, more like, playgrounds like, or whatever. You know, thing, more yeah. playgrounds, yeah, more, more schools, even like, like children's hospitals, maybe, things like that. Mm. Because you're trying to cater to younger families. Right. Whereas older neighborhoods will just have a little bit of everything. And sometimes, because of that, it may not be able to sustain everyone's needs. So oh, for the huge, diverse range of people. Yeah. So, uh, so that's why I guess they're careful to, you know, how much blood they're really injecting into an area. You just want to, uh, you know, keep the proportions the same. You don't want one... Just nice. Uh, yeah. You want age group to, to dominate 
a particular area, especially if it's catering to all, all age groups. Then, now let's move on to the flip side, where it's towns that have the highest proportion of children aged below 5 years old. So, before this was residents aged above 65, now it's well, essentially residents aged below 5 years old. So, basically the younger towns, which towns are newer and younger. And compared to the list that I mentioned prior, right, for the older, for the older towns, this one they just say Pongo. That's it. They, they only <laughs> highlighted Pongo, that's all. Yeah, I mean, I'm proud of Pongo too, but... Uh, but let, uh, tell us, Bay, like, is it true, is it when, like, when you were staying in Pongo uh, previously, were there a lot of younger families, younger residents that you saw there? So on one floor, my just my level alone, there is one, two, three, four, five, six, six uh, families, and all the families, a lot of young, young families. Lah. A lot of young but families. How many mean. less than five-year-olds there are for that six families? Huh? Seven. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So one floor has... Uh, six pairs of couples and seven younger than five. Got got one house. Uh, he has like five daughters lah. So, so that skews the data yeah. a bit lah. No, but his daughter, no, no, his daughters are all older. There's one twenty-one year old daughter, and oh, there's one okay, okay. four-year old daughter. That's why there's a seven because we the three families have two each, and then mm. he has one very young daughter. Right. Ah, uh. the childcare are permanently full. Uh, there are some <laughs> childcare brands. Yeah. Childcare brands who have um, the whole compound is almost like, I think it's as big as a primary school compound and they can take in like a thousand plus yeah. childcare. They have to, la, right? Yeah, it's insane. And it's, it's called eBridge, I think. It's insanely huge and it's not enough. Every childcare is full. It's really full. The waiting list is insane. Crazy, yeah. yeah. Were, there, were there a lot of like playgrounds over there also? Or like... Uh, uh, Stores that catered to younger younger children, like sells uh, toys yes or whatever. No. Yes okay. no. I mean, in every neighborhood, there's always that stationary store, it, it, like you know your heartland. It's more frequent in an area. But I tell you, playgrounds really cannot make it lah. The old school playgrounds, like the dragon and all that, <laughs> those are cooler lah. So the the new playgrounds are like seriously not sure I, uh, no, the, no, the town council should never use those people again. Um, as a parent who cares about children's safety, those are not even as safe as the old school. It's really crap. I mean, whatever studies they say that make it safer, I mean, I, I believe they go through some kind of uh, filtering Testing, uh. system. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. I can yeah. literally imagine how my son would die if he falls down <laughs> in this playground, but not in the dragon playground. Maybe he breaks a leg, <laughs> oh. but he doesn't die. This one is it's like, why would you make a kid climb this very small platform that shakes? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it, it just doesn't make sense. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, I think like this just basically goes to show like which towns have uh, I mean Pongo lah is basically the clearest example, right? When you ask anybody like like when you see Pongo, you say oh, twenty years ago no house now got a lot of house these kind of things. Oh, by the way, heads up, uh, listeners, Peter changed back to his regular mic, so you might notice a shift in his voice. So we've talked about the resident geographical distribution. Now let's talk about the housing distribution. In and what I mean by that is that the Singapore Department of Stats have also uh, collected data on like how many HDBs there are in a certain area, how many condos, how many landed properties. So uh, just some fun small trivia for y'all. There are a total of 4 million residents in Singapore. 3.1 of the 4 million stay in HDBs, which is an insane percentage. uh. Mm. Uh, Sounds about right. Yeah, sounds about right, right? Yeah. So um the number one area is of course Jurong West. Uh with really? 
Yeah, it's actually Jurong West with 262k people staying in that area. Uh, 240k out of 262k stay in HDBs. Yeah. Mm. Very, very high HDB. I mean, it's not just there. Jurong, eh. It's like Jurong, not West enough. It's West. Yeah, it's just Jurong West. So like Boon Lay, Hong Ka, uh, mm. Yunnan, Wenya. I don't even know whether I'm saying places <laughs> in Singapore or like names I write in my Chinese Zouan, you know. Like, w- what kind of places are these? I did, I've never even heard of these places before. Um, Jurong people. It's the area, But Jurong people, although we make fun of the names, we also make fun of other places, okay? So, yeah, I mean, as someone who studied in NTU for longer than I needed to, yeah, it, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it really, it really feels like like an, another country, lah. When you go there, okay. Uh, so we've mentioned HDBs for Jurong West is number one for condos. Um, there are actually six hundred and seven thousand Singapore residents that stay in condos. So, big ups to y'all, lah, for whoever stays in condos. <laughs> uh, Bedok is actually the number one uh area that has the most condo residents there with almost. 55k. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I don't exactly know how Bedok looks like. I mean... Uh, so most of the condo residents are actually in the Franco area. The old, the old school East Coast area. La. So okay. it's... Uh, um, to me, it's a lot of old money. It's... Yep. Uh, they're not condos. They're more, they're more like apartments, like really old apartments mm. other than condos per se. For landed properties in Singapore, Bedok is also actually number one that has the highest residence for landed properties. Mm. So very much in demand. The prices there have increased significantly. Yeah, that, that's quite shocking to me. But trust the Eastie in Peter la, to break us break it down for us. Yeah. I mean, I, I live in Bedok. Right? Bedok right? is my home. Yeah. It's next to East Coast Park. I'm not in Eastie, but if you give me an option of anywhere, but anywhere other than Bichat and Novina to somewhere else, I choose East Coast Road. Mm. Wow. Okay. I won't choose Sentosa even. Yeah. Yeah. It's the naughty in me la, that has no idea what how the East looks like. So yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's quite surprising. It's, you go East Coast Park, bro. It's it's that near. Ah, yeah. Marine Parade side, is it? Yes, yes. It's ah. it's not Marine Parade where it's a heartland, yet it's so near Marine Parade that yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, um, I mean we, we know that Jurong West is number one in HDBs, so we can sort of tell that there are already a lot of HDBs there. La, so maybe Future plans won't be towards Jurong West. Maybe the West, West, West side, but you know, that's for a different thing to talk about. But for, WC. Yeah. Well, what is WC actually? West Coast? Oh, West Coast. Oh, yeah. I, I, just, took a, I just took a wild guess at that. Oh, no. Well, Western Water Catchment, la, but it's... Oh. <laughs> it's also it's, West Coast. They call it WWC. It, la. WC, like, I don't want to tell people I stay at WC, though. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. like that. Sorry. <laughs> that's a short form so, for a toilet, right? <laughs> water closet yeah, mm, yeah. no no it's, it's in that, that that WC is basically the Lim Chu Kang area oh. the, the farm the farm area where the Chao Chu Kang Cemetery the Tengah Reservoir oh, so once they yeah. demolish all that that's yeah. where they're probably gonna build so when the right? sea breeze blows in from WC right you can literally smell the chicken poop in the, in the night <laughs> I'm not kidding oh that's nasty I, I was at Chao Chu Kang for a long period of time oh, for like nasty. years as well, yeah but that's where we'll probably get a lot more stories of haunted HDBs also, right? Yeah. Our Halloween episodes for the next few years all covered already once they eventually <laughs> build up the areas over there. I so, haunted. I don't know. I don't know. The floor is haunted at Pokemon. <laughs> don't worry, bro. The development stopped already, so it's okay. I'm not laughing at misery, but I am and I apologize. 
Okay. Oh, yeah. For areas mm. like Bedok, where it has it's the number one in condos and landed properties, do you all think I think just uh, give a short answer. Do you all think uh HDBs will be do you think HDBs will be like injected there to like sort of balance out or no? They'll just keep it as it is and they'll focus on younger towns that like forests like Tengah and what used to be Bidadari uh cemetery, these kind of places. So so like in, in Badok, um in Badok South where I stay, we've had and Badok North. Lah. So we've had two or th- three uh launches that have just TOP'd. So I mean the exercise was five years ago. Oh, okay. Good. So there is rejuvenation that, you know, despite all the other statistics, Badok is coming up with new BTO options. One is literally uh next to the MRT, which is fantastic lah, for whoever managed to get it. It's literally on the MRT station next to the mall. Yeah, yeah. next to Buddha Residence. Mm-hmm. So, okay. yeah. Okay, so, so we got to be very clear about, you know, when we talk about BTO launches, what we're really talking about. Like, there are entirely, you know, new towns, the way Pongo, you know, Sengkang, no, uh, no uh, in, in recent, in recent months. Not necessarily, I think. I think, like, um, I think just general BTO launches. So, like, even if it's, like, at uh, Kalang, Wampo, Queenstown, I, yeah. I would, yeah. So so that's what I'm saying, right? So so like Kalang Wampo has had two launches mm. uh in the past year. Yeah. You wouldn't call that like an entirely new town, you know. No, not it's, at all. Yeah, it's just injections into an existing town right. uh trying to create that rejuvenation. But then you have Tenga, which is gonna have like entire. six or seven or eight launches, you know, mm. before the end of time. Uh the same way is actually a huge injection, not just a... Exactly, exactly. So Bidadari is like a new BTO town, the way Pongo was a new BTO town. So I'm saying we got to make sure that we balance out uh, how we describe these things because like Badok has had BTOs the same way Yishun has had BTOs. Mm. But you wouldn't call either of these like, you know, a, an entirely new town. Or it's just small injections here and there. Regular, small regular injections over time, you know, just to make sure that there's rejuvenation. Like it's basically Botox lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, wow, that's, wow, that's a very good analogy. You, yeah. you, you but, but two no. blocks, <laughs> two blocks, twenty stories. You get at least a thousand, like eight hundred to a thousand. Cool. So um yeah, I mean I mean we've like since the start of the episode we've really talked about um landed versus HDBs and like we've described all the different areas with all the different kind of demographics whether it's age or whether what kind of housing there is or population size. So. Now comes the biggest question of this episode. Where do you think is the most likely to have BTOs in the future? Are we able to predict, using all this data that we've mentioned, are we able to predict which towns will, you know, will have BTOs that are coming soon or be it maybe five years' time? Hmm. I mean, the obvious answers will be the, the, the fringe, right? So that one is still... It's still going to happen. I mean, in Congo, yeah, so... there are still more new videos coming up mm. at the same time. Um, but other than the obvious, I guess if you want to talk about it, it will be the injections. The injections will be... The, the Botox videos. Uh. Yeah, because those will be mature estates which come at a higher value. Like, I would have loved to be a Wampo one. I would have loved to get an Amokyo Bishan one. You, you get what I mean? Yeah. yeah so, so these injections will be... I think, really, eh, the research you've done automatically translates to you find an area which is nice but older population then you go and drive around and then you see whether got any open land that the you know there's this red color sign that says government land no dumping you know mm. and then 
those will probably be potentially areas where either the government let an EC be built there, a condo be built there, or they make it a BTO. So I, I think I think what we've concluded, what we sort of uh, gathered from this episode rather is there are like maybe two types of BTOs, right? One where it's like you want to develop a new town, like what they did for Pongol and Tengah. And another one is like Botox injections for like areas like Ishun, Bedok, Kalang, these kind of things, where it's just like maybe one, two blocks, one, two small launches, maybe put in like maybe 300 units here and there in an already developed, established town where they want to rejuvenate the town, right? Okay, so um, maybe let's not talk about the big BTOs because there are only so many areas left in Singapore where they can build new towns, right? I mean, Tengah, they've already done that. Um, mm. That's going to take maybe the next six years or so. Uh, other areas are maybe like where like Simpang above Ishun, that side. Mm. That, that, like I see some empty land there. You never know what they're gonna do with it. Um, the WC way is what the water catchment. Uh. Yeah, la. as in what? where yeah, where the don't camp and everything is. Yeah, where the where is basically the Jurong West 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 site, right? That yeah. like, they might be building a new town there where it's uh more industrial and more more HDB centric area there. But where are there any places that uh come up to your mind where they might put in injections here and there? like Novina for example or like uh, Bukit Panjang these kind of things maybe Bukit Bukit Panjang is not old eh? Bukit Panjang the, the town there is quite new okay yeah it's not old enough you need it's not to old get, enough mm. you need to get okay so imagine old enough like Topayo Bishan number mm. 70 that where, where before the injections came in you only get 65 and above people mm. then they will inject all. so, so uh, is it safe to say that every other town has sort of like an equal chance of an injection here and there. Because, like, I mean, that's what that's what the whole purpose is, right? Like, let's say Kalang, they wanted to rejuvenate the place. Eventually, everywhere is going to reach a Kalang stage, right? Like, maybe Ishun will reach Kalang in like maybe 20, 30 years' time. And then we will need a rejuvenation also. I think Bukit Merah. Hmm. Well, Bukit Merah is like Atas, right? Yep, yep, it is. But it's also where there's a huge uh, demographic of rental flats, uh. Slash ah. low income. Yeah. Okay, okay, interesting. So it's uh, interesting. That whole area is actually the most interesting in my opinion. It's old. It's not the richest area as well. But it's supposed to be near the richer area. Right. Okay. Injecting may be good, yeah. Injecting might be good over there. Peter, any thoughts about this? Well, obviously, I mean, uh, the master plan is meant to be 10 to 15 years. So it's a bit of a cheat to just, you know... <laughs> go to the master plan and literally say all, what all the plans are. So you got plans for like the, the pile labor airbase area. You got plans for the wet, you know, transforming the rail corridor now that it's finally, you know, yeah. uh, Which back is in Singapore. Mera-ish also, rail corridor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you got plans for, uh, you know, the greater southern waterfront that we talked about. Yep. Yeah. And, and all that. Uh, Pongo is going to be even more transformed once all the schools start moving there. Uh, <laughs> you know, closer to the yeah, closer to the the waterfront there, la. And then, of course, looking beyond that, just feels like a, you know, a moot point, uh, a, a moot point, la, Because yeah, who who really knows how things will change? Yeah. So so yeah, la, To me, it's a bit of a cheat to to talk about this. Yeah. Uh, it's very hard to really say for sure what things will be like. 10, 15 uh, years from now. Hard to say. I think I think what is clear is that if the policies. You know, if the mindset is there to make sure that that it's affordable, it's accessible, then everything else will fall in place. But the second you lose sight of that, the second, uh, and I guess this is where my own 
personal uh, politics comes in. The second you uh you know you try to 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 make it sweeter for for a certain generation because that's what they were promised, then that's where pro- problems happen, lah. You know, yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah. Um, that's it from us today. Let us know what you think of today's episode. Or if you got any questions, hit us up at podcast at mortgagemaster.com.sg. If you're enjoying to what you're listening to, do consider hitting that follow button. We really appreciate yep. it. Alright, uh, babe, Peter, I don't have an outro for today's episode. Any of you want to say something to send us off? I'm on leave. Uh, I'm moving house. My house is awesome. I'll make Kyler write a review about my house and why a 30-year-old house in Bishan isn't too bad either. Wow, GG. Okay, uh, yeah, so I guess listeners also know what's my next assignment coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alright, uh, that's it from us today. See ya! Oh, oh.